What is up, wrestling fans? Your host of the most, Georgia Kime, in the building. And I got a special guest with me today. We are talking to Justice Bringer, a.k.a. Just Insane. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I, 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 I got to say, the one thing I, I do want to touch on right away is I love to play on words with the name. Yeah. It's really, it's it's very cool when you get, like, a lot, because a lot of people use their real names in a little bit here and there. But sometimes you get, like, a like a two-namer. Seth Rollins, Dean yeah. Ambrose, yeah. Roman Reigns, if you will. Absolutely. But you, just insane, it flows. Yeah. And it's great. It's an absolute amazing play on words. So um, you debuted in 2006. Yeah. And you're originally from Edmonton. As we discussed kind of before we started recording, you were only there for until you were about eight, and then you moved over here. Yeah. So I guess my big question is, the first question we always ask everybody when they come in the studio, is what was that defining moment where you yourself fell in love with wrestling and knew it was going to be kind of part of your life? Uh, like I've always loved it. Like even like in Edmonton when I first saw it on TV, it was like got hard on TV. It was really hard to watch wrestling because I wasn't allowed. So mom and dad thought it was too violent. So I had to be like really sneaky with it. But um falling in love with it, I'd say like when I actually started to do it. Like it was like a March break camp. I was in grade ten, I was fifteen years old. And again, mom hated wrestling, so I had to like beg her, like, please send me to this camp, like I'll be good, I'll behave in school and like all this stuff. Like I'm just really kissing ass and then she actually paid for it, took me there. She was in her head was like, okay, he's just going to get his ass kicked in this week and then he'll forget all about this wrestling. So it'll, it'll leave his system. Exactly. He'll get it out of his system. Exactly. So she's like, just let him go let him do his thing. So I was like 130 pounds at the time. So what? Now the complete opposite happened. <laughs> the complete opposite happened. She goes, yeah. I was like, yeah, there's actually other classes like that are weak. I'd like to keep it going. And she was just like, oh my God. So it was just like a whole long talk, long wait. It's like, okay, like, get the marks up. So, like, now that she did it, as at Living Legends Wrestling Academy, like in Hamilton, mm -hmm. like Ernie Moore, Ricky Stardust, uh, Brett Schulman, Finn Peck came through, Pan Chang, Edgy Marley as well, all these guys. But, no, that's what really, like, started it all. Like, I, you just hooked. It's like crack. You're just addicted, and you just get more and more into it each time. And believe it or not, the injury that I had not too long ago, that was, like, the big moment, which took over a decade, that was when I was just like, yeah, this is what I have to do. Because I was always doing it on the weekends and stuff like that, really having fun. It almost seemed like a hobby, let's just say, but I still was in love with it. And then I was on the shelf for a year, not doing anything on the weekends. And I was just like, yeah, I can't picture the rest of my life without it. At least not until I'm like 50, at least. So and You know, there's guys that wrestle way way past their 50s, as long as Absolutely. I think you... You keep you keep your body in form, yeah. And you really try to, as you get older in your career, you try to pick and choose which fights you want to take part in or which events you want to take part in, and you're smart with your choices, which you have been thus far in your career. Yeah, yeah. I think your longevity is going to be a key for you. Well, absolutely, that's the important thing too. Like, I'd love to get like another good, strong ten years out of it. Then the last ten can just be like playing this other fun with it. So it's been, yeah. Absolutely. Do you have any influences? Like, I mean. You know, you had to kind of keep it incognito, like hush-hush from the parents when you were watching it. And then yeah. you kind of, you had to make the deal, I'll keep my grades up. Much like a lot of kids do, you know, like, I, I really want this bike, or I really want a dog. Or, okay, Absolutely. we'll do it for you. But you got to hold up your end of the bargain. Absolutely. Like, you better keep up on your chores, keep up on your stuff. Yeah. So once you, you kind of coaxed mom into letting you pursue this, and you did it, were there any influences that you, I guess you took, you kind of modeled yourself after? Not so much, or maybe developed your own style, but was there one or two wrestlers that really kind of struck a chord with you? 
first one off the top of my head, like right away, was Jeff Hardy because he was like WF at the time. So like when I was kind of allowed to watch it, that's when they kind of started to pick up steam. So he, I, I just high fire right, fifteen year old kid. Like he was awesome. Like I love the Hardy Boys. Well, wicked. Yeah, my my uh, uh, Jeff Hardy's always been a, a personal favorite. He wasn't one of my all time. My all time favorite actually is Triple H. Yeah, yeah. Old school, right from the bat, like terrorizing. That's how faithful of a fan I've yep, been. Yeah, Even through the curtsy and all the garbage that he had back. to go. Oh yeah, I go all I go all the way back. <laughs> but Jeff Hardy, I mean, one of the moment, the pinnacle moment that sticks out for me, uh, I believe, was TLC one. The yeah. dive oh, off the dive off the top of the second level at I think it was Madison Square Garden through the tables onto the Dudleys. Oh, I think that was like just a Royal Rumble. That was just, you're, yeah. you're right. Sorry. So it wasn't <laughs> yeah, a TLC match. Awesome. It was just, a, that yeah. was like, he took his shirt off and he went like, he yeah. kicked, you know, that was a calling card. I'm going into another yeah. level. Big swanton. I'm hyping up in the swanton and just, yeah. you saw what he put his body through. Oh yeah. And you're just thinking, if you're going to give this much to me as a fan, yeah. then I have to give it 10 times more. So if you model yourself, and I've had the, I've had the uh, honor of seeing you wrestle a couple times at Destiny events. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one, the first time I ever saw you guys was when you were wrestling the Desi Hit Squad. Yes. And it was at the first Destiny pay-per-view. Yep. And you and your partner, uh, his name is escaping me right Shelton now. Jean. Shelton Jean. Shelton yep. Jean. So you guys came out with the Canadian flag because they had the Indian flag. Yeah. Yep. And everyone in the audience stood up and started singing, Oh Canada. Yeah, that, that's that's crazy. And it's funny because in the back of my head, because like, again, first I pay-per-view for myself as well. First time debuting at Destiny. And I'm like, okay, don't shit the bed. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, how much time you had, but let's say it's 10 minutes. Like, yeah, 10 minutes. I believe it was yeah. a 10 to 12 minute yeah. match, something in and around there. In my head, I'm like, okay, we got 10 minutes, curtain to curtain, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. So like when we're in the ring and the fans started to sing, in the back of my head, I'm just like, oh man, like, shut the fuck up. Like, we gotta get, the, we gotta get this going. Like, no, we're gonna cut into our time. And then I just, I just relaxed, soaked it in. I'm like, yeah, this is part of our 10 minutes. This is making this match already awesome. So I just chilled, let them sing, we got into it, and then. That made the match, in my opinion. Like that, right there, at the moment, I'm just like, all right, here we go. So it's a part of, like, less is more, right? Like, yeah. just let the fans get into it. So, but you, you, you and uh, you and Sheldon, you guys played off perfectly in that match. You were fluid. I mean, the tag team, you could see the the chemistry, everything, and that's a big part of tag team first wrestling. Time meeting. Yeah, for uh, that was the first first time I ever get first get time out shaking hands and everything. Wow, and the chemistry was that fluid. Yeah, like I, you, I you guys didn't miss a beat. I didn't even know about Sheldon Jean. Like I knew he's been doing this for a bit, but um, like I heard his name when they were doing that um recording for the Global Forge. Like I, like I heard, like I just heard the name and I didn't know what it looked like or anything. And then um one day I'm on Instagram and someone tagged me in a, a poster and I was like, oh, what's this? But, and then I was like, oh, I'm not on this show. And then like below it's Sheldon Jean. With like very similar hairdo, he's kind of got his fist up, like boom, has the angry face, and I was like, "Holy crap!" I'm like, "Yeah," like quick glance, like that, that does kind of look like me. So then after the match, the guy being like, "You know, like that's not me, dude." You gotta get the back <laughs> type, and they're like, "I appreciate it, but that ain't me." And then like I showed my girlfriend, and she like kind of laughs. She goes, "Oh my god, it does look like you." Like at first glance, like when your hair is combed out and stuff, and then within weeks after that, you're mad. He's like, "Yeah, you were gonna be tagging me like Sheldon Jean," and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" So obviously. Look him up. I'm like, oh, this guy. I'm like, oh, cool, sweet. And then that was the first time we met. And I like the chemistry. I'm like, I hope we get to keep tagging together. Oh, yeah. And then I, I got to see you again at the Blackcraft event. You guys were the dark match right before I believe the pay-per-view on the air. You were the first match on the card, I believe. Um, I think it was the dark match, yes. Yeah, you were the dark match. Elgin Stevens. Yeah, but you guys, again, it was just fluid. I mean, I have there's a clip on the Straight Talk page. If you go back and you look it up, 
grip on the straight shot cage after you guys hit the finisher and he nailed the one, two, three. I jumped out of my chair because it was we were right we were right beside on your side of the ring. You guys did the double, double jump. Thing? Yeah, you yeah, did the okay. double splash thing, and I just took off because when you're that close, yeah, as a fan, well, yeah. especially someone you know, I have a podcast, I have a radio personality. At that like that night, it was great for me because our show was just it's gaining traction. Every week we're bringing on, you know, better talent, better content, and it's gaining a lot of traction. So I got noticed a few times that night. So I was always kind of riding high. I'm like, Absolutely. hey, this is cool. Absolutely. And then that, like, I, I didn't even care. I marked out to, like, the next level. Yeah. And then one guy yelled behind me. He's like, are you the host? I'm like, yeah, but right now I'm a fan. That was crazy. <laughs> and it was. It was it was one yeah. hell of a match. And and just to get the opportunity to sit down and talk with you, yeah. I got to be honest, I'm marking out a little bit. Wow, I am. I'm marking cool. out a little bit. I'm cool. like, the, fan, the inner fan inside of me is like, I've seen you wrestle, and yeah. I know what you can do. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's why it was so key to get you on the show in the first place. So we can share with people who don't know you. A lot of our fans are from the U.S. Yeah. A lot of our listeners are from the U.S. So awesome. we've been educating them on the Ontario NDC and trying to explain them all the great talent that we have here. Yes. And at the, at the beginning, we were timid because we didn't want to give this secret away. Yeah. We wanted to keep it. We want to keep these diamonds hidden. But now it's to the point where, no, we want to let we want to let everybody know who who they should be looking out for yeah. To come up through Impact, ROH, WWE, the, the sky's the limit for both you and Shelton. But for you especially, I mean, I've watched before, you know, as we, we get people on the show, we do our research. And yeah. there was one match that I watched, I believe it was from 2014 or 15. It was you and Carter Mason. Okay. I can't remember. I found it on YouTube, okay. but it was a 15-minute barn burner. You didn't get the decision. The decision went to Carter. But, man, there was a lot of quick two falls. A lot of back and forth, and it was just yeah, one yeah. really good match. Yeah. When I searched you right, when I, right away, when I searched you up on YouTube, it was one of the first matches that popped up. Okay, I'll show it to you when we go off okay, air. Cool. But it was just a great match, and I saw the way what I see in you, and, and it's not. I, I hope you don't take it as an insult, but yeah. I see a lot when I saw you and Shelton together. You reminded me of a more newer age, tougher Harlem Heat. Awesome. But now seeing you on your own in that match, you really do have a lot of Booker T. In your style, you've got the strength, but you've got the speed, yeah. and you definitely have the charisma. Like you, you commanded that audience. You really did. You took it over. You commanded it, even though the match went to him. Right? Was I heel? You were a heel. Oh, okay, then. but even still, yeah. as we know, if Love you get no cool. reaction, start to worry. Yeah, but when you get a reaction, whether it's good or bad, well, of course, that's that's what you live for. So I guess I guess what I was leading to my next question: Talk to me about the reactions. Whether you're playing a face or a heel, and you get those reactions. Do you kind of sit back and, and soak it in a little bit? Or do you just, you, you I know you got to keep going because you know the next move's coming. You, you're telling the story yeah, here. Yeah. But when a fan or somebody gets into it with you because they're true wrestling fans. Yeah. And if you're a heel, they get into it and they say, oh, you suck. You, you should be wrestling. Yeah. Do you yourself kind of grin from your ear and say, I got you. When I hooked you. When I'm a heel, absolutely. Because you have all the control in the match. The pace is on you. So like, as you see when I'm working matches when I'm a heel, which I prefer. Um, do you prefer a heel? Absolutely. Because i got to be honest with you, man. I dig you as a face. Not that's to say cool. take anything that's away cool. from you as a heel. I, I can work both, which is fine. Like, flip the switch, I can do that. But if you had your choice in any any of the big promotions, you would prefer to go in as a heel. 100%. Because I feel like if I can really get people to like, hate me, and then if I can really get them to hate you, then I personally think I I can sell really well. So when, they, when the heel oh, you can. finally gets that pop on himself and it's like a great sell, he may just read into it because it's like, oh, he got his ass. Kicked. And it's just really fun to feed off the fans. Like, for example, at Alpha One, I have like a little group, the A1 Originals, with Easy E and uh, Cheech. So we've had a couple six man tags and just being on your apron, just jaw jacking fans because you have time to do that. You have time to actually bring them 
into the match with you. Like and that and that gets those reactions so much more. Absolutely. When you're able to bring, even if it's an intimate few, once fans see their reaction, yeah. then they feed off that. And then other fans see everybody in these reactions and they feed off. So it's just, you got to find those one or two fans, you know, okay, that's my boiling point. Yeah. That's who I go after. I get him on me. Exactly. I'm going to get 30 more people on me or 50 or 100. Yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. You're going to get more people on you. And with being a heel, I find it's so much fun still trying to get them to hate you, but still get them to appreciate what you're doing. When you have them there, it's like a great match. Because we wrestled in that six-man tag, the Monster Mafia with Trent Seven. Mm. And it's just the beginning. We're testing around. It's actually on the indie wrestling TV network. Great match, in my opinion. Like I like it. And the most over part in the match, which we didn't really do anything, was when Trent Seven hit me with that first chop. Because like people there just hate me and Ashba. Like the building blew up, and they just wanted to see more. Like they just wanted to see me get chopped. And then Alexander comes in, boom, big chop, and like. The reaction was just nuts. It was just like the biggest ripple effect I've ever seen from just doing one simple move. And I'm just like, oh, we have him here. I'm like, screw it. Like, just keep him coming. Look, let's just go. Let's just give these people a show. And then like building up to the end of the match, it was just like boom, 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 boom. They finally hit their trifecta finishers on me. And then they were just so happy to see the bad guy just get like beat. So even though they were booing, they were like very, very, very highly entertained. And then you have like the really dedicated fans who are like, the cameras are off, the show's done, you're walking to your car, and then like this little or we're the ones who are like booing your face, you're just like, hey, that was really cool. You piece of shit, but that was really cool. So like, you know, like, you <laughs> I know, hate you. Yeah. <laughs> what you did was great. Exactly. Like that's what it's all about. If you're entertained, awesome. And like I'm not gonna ever like cross the line. Like I don't really believe in being that hero where I'm gonna like say single out someone and make a fat joke or a racist joke or like a sexist joke. You don't need to go there in my opinion. That's like really borderline. You don't need to do that to get over as a heel. Do you get close to the line though? Oh, I get very close, and then like I pull back, but like I see it, and then it kind of ends up being like comedic in, in a sense. Like I'm very like good with that. Like that's very, very, very straightforward. I can't think of an incident where I've gone too far. Which is has like a awesome. fan ever gone too far with you? Oh, crossed the line with oh, you? Yeah. Do you mind yeah. mind sharing a story? <laughs> one one story that may stick out in your mind? Oh yeah, the first time ever, and uh, wow. Uh, it was at a death poof show. It was like a tournament. And I was, I was young. I was, was probably 10 years ago. I think I was like 19, maybe 20. And I'm like wrestling the match. And usually when I'm out there, and that's like a big pop, like you don't hear anything. You're in your own little world. You're in your own zone. You're, you're working the match. And then you kind of tune in and out with the crowd when you need to like, engage them. And um, I win my match. And then like the next round, and I come backstage. Some of the guys back there just like, Dude, I'm surprised you kept your cool out there. Like, holy crap, like, you're really, like, really professional. And I'm just like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Like, there's a fan out there making, like, all kinds of, like, racial remarks. Like, he's saying this and this and this and this. And I was just like, really? I'm like, no way. And it was like, dude, yeah, we're all like back there. Like, yeah, it's crazy. And then girl, my girlfriend I was dating at the time, I, like, shot her a text. And I was like, hey, like, how was the match? She goes, it was good. Like, I'm really pissed off. I want to, like, slap this guy. And I'm just like, I'm like, what? I'm like, how did I not hear any of this? So then I'm kind of getting in my own head, kind of getting, like, cheesed about it. I'm like, what kind of beefbag is this? And we're in some, like, far redneck town. I don't know where we are. Enough said. You said redneck town. Enough said. pretty much. (laughs) So then I'm just like, okay, like, tell me where he is. And she kind of just, like, texts in, like, a general direction of where he was. So then um, my music hits and no taunt, no nothing. I just come straight down the red. Get right in the guy's face, slap his beard in his hand. I got a water bottle, spit it in his face. Like I just chew this guy out. 
And then, <laughs> sure enough, I find out weeks later, <laughs> it wasn't even the right guy. <laughs> oh, no. It wasn't the right guy at all. So then actually I saw my, like another show later on because found out that you go to a lot of shows, like AKA like Chant Monkeys, Chris and his friends and stuff like that. This is back then before I became really good friends with them. So like, I saw him at a show, like a bottle of beer and I was like, listen, dude, I'm so sorry. Like I, I was missing. Everyone was saying it was this guy. So obviously when I came out hot and heavy, the dude who was talking shit just sat the hell down and didn't say anything because for the rest of the show, 10 minutes to the final, so I had two more other matches, I didn't hear anything. So like, he, like, whatever I did, like, silenced the guy. Meanwhile, I didn't even address the right guy. But, like, he was cool. He, like, I apologized to him and everything afterwards. But, um, yeah, you hear sprinklings of it sometimes, like, very, very rare. Like, maybe, like, once a year, you just hear something. But, like, it doesn't bother me. Like, whatever. Like, I don't care. It's not like the whole building is like that. It happens. Like, it's going to happen. Unfortunately, we are in a sport where um, the fans really make or break everything. Yeah. The fans don't show up. You don't put on a show. Exactly. You don't get paid. We don't get entertained. It's unfortunate. But there are a lot of bad apples that spoil the bunch. Yeah. But me, myself, I mean, there are there are times where I've gotten, like, um, my wife and I and my nine-year-old daughter, we're going to SummerSlam. Yeah. We're sitting right by the ramp. I've oh, never yeah. sat that close in my life, so I'm going to be jacked. Yeah. When uh, a Roman Reigns comes out, yeah. I will be all over that guy. Of course. I dislike him infathomably. Yeah. Seth Rollins comes out, I'll be cheering like a little schoolgirl. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a pair of panties or bra, I'd probably throw him his way. You, you know go. what I mean? <laughs> but there are fans like me who appreciate everything you do, heal or face. Yeah. And nowadays, there is no kayfabe. Let's be honest. There is no kayfabe. You yeah. travel with the faces, it heals and faces, go out for drinks after, maybe even hang out. Yeah. Uh, maybe our friends. There is no kayfabe anymore, and that's fine. But there are those fans who are still stuck in that era oh, where, 100%. oh, no, I have to hate you because I've been told to hate you. Yeah, yeah you can hate the character, but don't hate the man. Well, do, do, you, do you sometimes find yourself, like, when a fan when a fan does that or a fan does get ignorant like that or goes that direction? You, you see that intermission. So when you go to intermission, whether it's a heel or a face, intermission, even though they hate those coming shake your hand regardless, then you have to you see them kind of doing it, they're having a good time. But then you do have like a few that'll like come by the table and just give you like just that look. And not just me, like other heels as well. They'll just give you like just like that stink guy and it's like, okay, this person thinks it's real. Whatever, just keep it up. Because like obviously I thought wrestling was the most entertaining when I was youngest because I thought it was real. So okay, if you're in that zone you think it's real, you're probably highly entertained, that's cool. Just don't go crazy and try jumping me in the ring or anything like that. But I'd rather be in the ring with a bunch of fans screaming like legit crazy hatred things like it'll blow up my skin I don't really care than being in a ring and then it's just being crickets right I so at the end of the day that reaction like, any, any reaction is a good reaction. reaction I prefer that I'd be like pretty awkward getting to my car afterwards but okay how's this going to work out I really want to be dead but I'd rather that than nothing at all so one of the things we always like to ask because I'm fascinated myself with the training aspect of it all when you're learning everything so you went to the class, you did the thing, kept your grades up. Obviously, you continued because you're here and we're talking now. Yeah. So in, in terms of the training, when you walked in, and I guess your trainer's working with you, and they're trying to develop who you will become. Yeah. They obviously probably ask you, who's your influence? You probably stated, you know, I'm, I'm a big Jeff Hardy guy. Jeff Hardy and Sabu. Sabu. So, oh, Sabu? Oh, yeah. Oh, you and uh, me that, are on that, another level, baby. That's what the springboard started with. Like, all, all Sabu. Yeah, you're... you're your finisher is just another level of, of just like <laughs> I, I, my jaw is the floor when I see it. But, but um, when you when you're talking there, and and the, and the coach may see another direction. Yeah. 
do you try to go that other direction? Like the coach may have saw you, and at the time you were 130 pounds, you said. Yeah. So high flyer, cruiserweight's definitely in your wheelhouse. Yeah. But did he look at you and did he say, you know, if we if we if we bulk up, if we train, we weight train, we do all the stuff yeah. and get you up there, I see I see powerhouse or I see technician. For sure. They actually didn't care for me to do high flying because at the time there's everyone was high flying when they were 15, 16, 17. They didn't need Maybe high flyers, so they mostly just like, hey, you just put on like 10, 15 pounds of somebody, just focus on looking the part, and then you'll just find yourself. And then actually, it was a match that I had with Carter Mason ages ago. It was like 2008, maybe nine. I think I was like 17, and we thought it'd be smart to do a top rope brain buster in front of 10 people. Like, yeah, let's do it. Woo! Post a picture on MySpace. Don't even clip on it or anything. Oh, MySpace. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You definitely just aged yourself yeah. there for sure. Yeah. Tom. Your first friend was Tom. Tom my was first friend. Still booming, but now he's lost everything. Yeah. MySpace crashed. <laughs> so we go for the, he goes for the top of the rainbow. So me, I just remember we slipped. Like, there's a stupid spot, but you're just young. You're, you're just silly, right? So I remember just landing right on the head, not remembering like anything, just like the tingles of the neck. So like, I really, really, really hurt the neck. So I actually was in another match later on that night because it was against like Quan Chang, Dan Magnum, and um, Sean Inferno at the time. I was like, oh, sweet, Quan Chang, big deal. Right? I'm like, I'm going to get in the ring with him. Absolutely. That just made it even worse. But um, I took some time off of wrestling. Like, I really hurt my neck bad. And my mom was like, hey, how come you're not wrestling anymore? Uh, I tell her that I hurt myself. And oh. then she'd be like, I told you wrestling's dangerous. I just said, oh, I just... She would have went into full-out mumble run. Yeah, I was, I just, I was like, listen, I just want to kind of focus on football and rugby and school, finish school, and then I'll go back to it later. And she's like, okay, whatever, cool. They saved her from having to drive me there on the Saturday kind of thing, right? So in that time, I got a gym membership, started working out, took about a year and a half off, came back when I was like 19, just to go back to training again, just to get the ring rest off. But I came back 50 pounds heavier, so I felt like I looked the part, and then... That's when like the hybrid thing kind of worked out. I'm like, okay, I can still do, I can still jump really high, do a lot of this like athletic stuff. I'm like, I don't need to do backflips or anything, but I can get up. I can leapfrog, drop kick, all this fun stuff. But I can still pick people up to like a double power bomb or military press if I have to. I'm like, cool, like, this is it. Like I'm just like the powerhouse that's like really fast, just keeps going. I have it all. I'm like, what, what, what can the name be? And then me taking that year off, we just finished rugby. We had a play called the Night Train. Which was just give the ball to me. This is like when I was still working out, so I was putting on some size. And then it was just I got the ball and in rugby you can't block. If you play rugby, like everyone's got to be. Oh yeah, rugby. I played rugby for six years. Yep, so I was, I was a hooker. I would have the oh there you go, you're ready, that's from. So I had the ball and the whole team would just clump behind me. And it was always guaranteed five to fifteen yards at a time. So that was always a creep up play, just like night train. I'm like, okay, here I come, I come in, so it's a fullback, I'm just coming hot, scrum picks it, boom, we just go in hard. Just shove like a big train and then it just hit me and I was like, oh, there we go. Like, the night train was insane. Like, there's your gimmick. Just just be you, but like turn the volume up. And then that was it. Do you find it hard sometimes to turn it off and on? Like if you're at home or you're out with your girl or maybe like, maybe this past, like last week was WrestleMania. Maybe you and your girl or your lady were chilling there, you had a bottle of wine and you ordered pizza, you're watching wrestling. Yeah. Do you find it, do you find it sometimes to turn it off and on? Do you find it hard to put Justin Sane in the background sometimes? Oh, if I'm watching wrestling, it's it's impossible. There's times I want to just like turn it off so I can just watch the wrestling and just be like a fan and just enjoy it. But like now when I watch it, like you're 
you're watching it to this point. You're learning, you're constantly learning, you're seeing things. And, and but you're also seeing the screw-ups. You probably know of the screw-ups more than anybody. Of course. Like me being, I've been a fan since I was, much like yourself, I was yep. five years old. First match I ever watched was my dad took me to a house show, Sting Vader for the WCW oh, title beautiful. in a steel cage. Ooh, and I was, a, I was a Sting kid. And he came out of the ring, he's all bloody, he stood next to me, and I no cameras or nothing, but he literally like leaned up against the railing, I was front row, I tapped on the back, and I was like, Dad, I tapped Sting. Whole car right home, I'm looking at my never hand, watch never watching this thing again. And um, you, as you grow and you evolve and you get into the business more, you yeah. start picking up on the botches, if you will. Of course. And you look at, like, I mean, WrestleMania, you look at Triptista. I mean, that yeah. enough said, gets yeah. in the ring, hasn't stepped in a ring in over a year, <laughs> or no, uh, four years, actually, yeah. and gets in, and first thing he does is trip. Yeah. Stands up, walks it off. They go out to have a decent match. Definitely not match of the night by any standpoint, but a decent but match. Pulled they pulled it off for two guys in their fifties. They pulled it off. Yeah. And you look at that stuff, but from your perspective, being an in-ring performer, yeah. do you look at some of those guys sometimes in the main rosters, whether it be Impact, ROH, uh, New Japan, WWE, you sit there and you go, you know, watch after botch, mistake after mistake. How did you make it? Do you ever find yourself questioning some of the way People get to where they are. I mean, I, I get it in the business. You got to yeah. know the right people. Yeah. Sometimes you could just be talented, yeah. which you are. You have that in bucket loads. And I'm not just trying to kiss your ass. I mean yeah. that truthfully. Thanks. But sometimes the, the right door just opens. Yeah. Do you ever look at that person and you go, yeah, the right door opened for you? Sometimes, yeah, because everyone's going to botch. It happens. Like, we all have botches. No one's going to have, like, a perfect career, but never having a botch. It's going to happen. There are like sometimes I'll be watching it wrestling, like sometimes I'm just pouring up a stone an old WCW pay per view. Nice. Just whatever. And like I respect the hell of what they've done. Like I respect the grind. But like the nasty boys, for example. Ah! Like I'm just like they're, they're tough as nails. Yes, like they're great, they're awesome, like they paved the way for us. But like for example that I'm like, hey, these guys can like have a pay per view match each time and I find like ten watches in each match and like there's chances for guys like me if I just get that right opportunity kind of thing, you know? But again, like, they're hardworking. Uh, they always like, want to get better, so like, that's what they look for. Like, improvement can be coach you. So, like, botching isn't, like, the be-all, end-all. You still want to try and have as minimal as possible. I'd rather botch by tripping inside of the ring than picking someone up for a move and then spiking them on their head by accident kind of thing. Like Pulling on hard on Shawn Michaels back. Yeah, or Stone Cold exactly, Boston back exactly. in the day. If it's, like, a straight accident, like a little slip, Shit happens, but like I don't want to be that guy. It's like, hey, I'm gonna pop on the outside of the ring into a table. Then like I miss the table completely. Like the Spike Dudley, the clip on the outside. Oh yeah. Like, like so. So it's in terms, yeah, in terms since we're going on about botches, now that leads me to safety in the ring. Um, safety in the ring is the utmost yeah. because you're performing. You want to make sure the guy or the individuals across from you, if you're having a six man, a tag team, singles match, whatever. You want to make sure whoever you're facing, they know the safety structure and you know the safety structure. Of course. Have you ever been put in a situation where you've like you you're wrestling somebody you've never had a chance to wrestle? You don't have much time to discuss the match because in the indie scene, sometimes you don't find out who you're fighting until you get there. Yeah, and sometimes they don't arrive till 10, 15 minutes before your match. Yeah, yeah. So you don't have a lot of time to plan. Has there ever been a situation where you've been thrown in the ring with somebody you didn't know and you just felt completely unsafe? Like you felt that nah, me putting my life in their hands yeah. is not going to do well for me. No yes. names mentioned. Yeah, yeah. But has there ever been a situation like that? I have luckily been okay with that. I've been like I've been in matches with, with people that I've known, and I'm just like, okay, this person isn't like the safest with certain moves that they do. So when I work a match with them, I'm like, listen, you do this great, you do that great. Let's turn that up. Let's make that look good. Let's not 
do this thing that you do that I don't think you do too pretty good. Just kind of like shit. And then like they'll they'll listen and we have a great match without it. So like I've been lucky that way. Like they'll at least listen and we can kind of just tweak it here and there. But I've never been in a situation where I felt like super unsafe and I've been to the point of being like, yeah, I don't want to do this. Like not at all. I've been asked if I wanted to do like the whole barbed wire and tat thing. And I've just been like, no, it's not for me. I don't need to do that. If there's a time and a place for it, like if it was like a really cool storyline build up and like it's like hot, 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 like yeah, like if you've had a, sure. you've had a uh, match, but it's dirty pins or this and that, yeah. and then you, the only way to settle it is through a, a hardcore match or a last man standing match or a falls count anywhere. Exactly. That's when you can kick. It has to make sense. Don't it's got to make sense. It has to make sense. Much like Shane and the Miz at this past WrestleMania, like that last that falls count anywhere match, yeah. that made sense. Exactly. I'm a big Miz guy. I hated the ending myself, but I love the way they worked. Yes, exactly. I thought that jump off the tight, I mean, conveniently placed mats, mind you, everything for safety, yeah. but just a great, great, great match. And, and the fact when you're working with McMahon, you know you're ready for another title run. It's going to come very quickly yeah. for the Miz. Yeah. But um, in terms of the NDC and who you've wrestled and who you haven't, is there somebody that you haven't worked with that you would love to just get into the ring with and tear it up? Tyson Dukes. Tyson Dukes. I've been doing this for like 14 years now. We've been in... We've been involved in matches together in the past, like for example, like a run-in, like I'm like, oh, I'd be a Tyson, whatever. But him and I have never had a singles match one-on-one. Well, Tyson, if you're listening, let's get it up, man. That's a match. I, I, I'm just thinking about it. I'm seeing the possibilities, <laughs> and I'm excited about it. The challenge is out, and that's, that goes back to what we're talking about before when you're watching it as like an indie wrestler, like watching like people on the TV. Like I look at being like, hmm, that guy's really cool. So I think I can incorporate my spot with that. We can have a great match. It'd be kind of just think of this and that. I, I think Tyson and I would have a phenomenal match if we had the opportunity. So, promoters out there, you should book that and get on it because it'd be dope. And I mean, this is a straight talk exclusive, so it's, <laughs> happen- it's happening on my on this show, so it's great. Yeah. Um, do you yourself uh, look back at your indie career because we're going on 13 years, 2006 yeah. to 2019, going on 13 years. You once you were the Alpha One champion. You've had great titles, great success. Um, do you look at your career and you look at one match, one stretch. You're just like, damn, that was that was the best stretch of my career so far. That was like capturing lightning in a bottle. Is there ever a match that sticks out in your mind or a run that you went on with one of the titles that you had? And you're like, man, that was so far. Yeah. That's the peak of the mountain for me. That's the highest point I've had in wrestling. It was honestly the build up to the Alpha Male title because like no one saw it coming because we're doing like a tournament. So you have like. All kinds of guys coming, like Michael Von Payton, like Jack Alexander was there, Ethan Page. Like it was, it, it was just like a lot of fun. So just that build up, I got to work a feud with Brody Lee, aka Luke Harper. And so we went at it like almost for a year at Alpha One, and we were still gonna go at it, but then we ended up getting signed. So we were like, we we just had a blast, and it was a four way match, elimination. Michael Elgin, Brody Lee against Cheech, and then me and Brody were the last two there, and then when I finally hit that. Death from above splash, like just the building exploded because it like wasn't supposed to happen kind of thing. Like we didn't see it coming because he's is David and Goliath really, right? Much like you know so, Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar. Like yeah. when he got the low blow and yeah. he hit those three, four, four curb stops. Yeah. Three, I three. dude, I was like kid in candy store, man. I jumped up, my, my <laughs> three-year-old was upstairs sleeping. I woke her up. <laughs> I literally dropped my I literally ran towards the TV to the baseball slide. I was like, yeah, Tiger Woods like fist bump, like I just got a hole in one. Like I went all out for that. Oh yeah, and that—that's those are the moments. Yeah, that as a fan you remember. So if the building exploded, like I know it did. Yeah, and if I was in that building, that would have been that would have been a memory. 
Yeah. That would have been something that would have been like, damn, I was there and I saw that. And when that, and those are great. When it's the guys you don't expect, the serious underdog, when they come out on top, that's the best part of it all. Yeah. It was my first title and everything. So just to build up to that was like really cool. But I still feel like I haven't had that one like 10 star match yet that I can just be like, yo, I'm super, super proud of this. Like I'm proud of many matches, but I haven't had that like one, you know, let's have me have that opportunity. Well, maybe Give if the promoters are listening, match. Like, let me go we're going to lock up with Tyson Dukes and that's going to be that 10 star match you're looking for. Give me that, give me that chance, give me the opportunity. So in terms of, you know, I mean, the goals and aspirations of every indie wrestler, some want to stay and work the indies and you know, you could be very successful. Yeah. And you look at a guy like Cody Rhodes who had the guaranteed contract, guaranteed money, he left all that, pursued yeah. indies and now he's... Ten times more well off, and he's ready. He's vice president of a company yep. that's hopefully starting out now. Again, AEW to me, we did an episode on it a few a few months back. AEW to me right now is all smoke and mirrors. Till I see a TV deal in place, or I see what the first pay per view looks like. Yes, twenty fifth. It's all twenty fifth of yep. May. It's all smoke and mirrors to me. Yeah, we're six weeks or eh, about five weeks away yep. now, but it's all smoke and mirrors to me. Much like I'm sure you're going to be watching, timid to see what's out there, but it's it's not proven yet. You can't really. I'm not, I'm definitely not to be cliche. I'm definitely not all in. Yeah. I'm going to watch it, but I'm definitely not all in. You want to see if it's a real thing? I, I want to see the, the it's, 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 it's got to be organic. And I mean, and then you just hear Dean Ambrose leave and now he's signed with Impact. A lot of changes happening. It's an exciting time to be a fan, but to also be working in the business. Yeah. Yeah. And goals and aspirations for you. You've got AEW creeping up. We're going to see what they're about in five weeks. ROH is a staple. Impact is a staple. You know, they went from TNA. They changed the brand Impact. Now they're, they're kind of gaining traction yeah. again. Uh, Josh Alexander, you mentioned him. He just recently got signed. Ethan Page is already there. There's a lot of indie guys. Aiden Prince has been working TV matches himself. Yeah. Aiden, we had, we did an awesome interview with Aiden. Such a candid yeah, dude. Last night, the BBW I did. I shared there. that this morning. Shared yeah. that this morning. Yeah. Actually, going to hook up with Aaron from Sarnia and get him on the show because yeah. I love talking with promoters. But you look at all these companies that are out there now, and all the opportunities that you as an indie indie wrestler have a chance to go to. And I'm talking about like the the the, the top five, the big dogs. You got your New Japan. Already mentioned ROH yeah. Impact. You got WWE always. Yeah. You got NXT, and you've got um, well AEW creeping around the corner. Of those are the big four. If you had an option, all five of those guys called you. Looking at the rosters and the talent they have, and who you know you would work with the best, what would be the goal for you? Just well, obviously, everyone would answer the WWE. Let's, let's be serious here, but like all like realistic, um, I'm gonna have to go with NXT. If it, well, if all those five were to say, hey, pick one, NXT, because I feel like. The matches are just that much tighter and crisper. There's more guys that are like not freaks, like I'm saying, like you know, like six. You have to be six foot eight. It's not like well, their champion is is literally uh, five foot, I think five eleven or five twelve. Yeah, so and Johnny Gargano, and he weighs one ninety eight. Yeah, he's maybe shorter than that. But yeah, so it's like it's guys that I can like actually work really, really, really well with. Like say I've made it to WWE, who knows? I might just be a bug monkey, but. I, I honestly wouldn't care. I'd be happy to have any kind of job. Yeah, NXT would be but definitely like a place NXT, where you'd be yeah. in a competitive idea. Like, that would be a I was just going to say that. I'm like, I could see you right away oh. in a, in a work in a program with Velveteen. Whew. Yeah. So, well, that yeah, answers yeah, kind of yeah. semi one of my questions. Because yeah. everybody looks at main rosters. Who would you like to work with? If you ever had an opportunity to go to that next level, which yeah. I'm, I, like I said, I think the sky's the limit for you. You haven't reached that glass ceiling yet. Yeah. I'm putting my stamp on it now. My stamp means absolutely nothing, but I'm putting it out there. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I, I I feel like there's there's the sky's the limit for you. Where, if you could, who would you love to work a program with? Don't doesn't matter the company. I don't care. Just pick any of those guys up there. 
that you would just love if you could get in a ring with? Could even be a legend, somebody who's not even wrestling. Let's just go dream match. What's your dream, dream match? match? Oh, a legend. Well, that's easy. It would be give me a legend least. and then give me a current superstar. All right, so the legend would, oh, it's a tie between Ric Flair and The Undertaker. Like, really? As I could have a, probably a better match with Ric Flair to be a lot more believable, but like, The Undertaker, like, he's like my all time favorite. Ric Flair is like, right under second place. But like, people like I watch going up to like learn the moveset from was Sadly Jeff Hardy. But like, Ric Flair, Undertaker, that's like the dream match right there. Like, I love. Rick Flair's work comes like selling, like you oversell, you know, just get them into it. They want to see that. Well, intergender is becoming a thing. Who knows? Maybe you work with Charlotte Flair. She really is the second coming of the Flair, right? (laughs) Um, What about active? Active current star. It doesn't matter which promotion, just give me an active current star. One that pops off the top of the head because there could be a great storyline build up to it. This is me just thinking outside of the box completely, and it's just realistic. So, Sarah to get signed by the Fed. there's so many times I'll be at shows and people run up to the merch table and they'll be like, oh my God, look, honey, it's Cedric Alexander. Like, I've probably gotten this over 20 times. I don't take offense to it. I'm like, sweet, you guys dope. And then I correct them. I'm like, sorry. Like, no, no, no. Like, not me. Like, that's insane. They're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, no, you guys look the exact same. And then what they don't know, which I tell them, is that him and I actually have the exact same birthday, 1989, August 16th. So, and again, if we have the same hairdo, I can chop this beard off, we have the same build roughly, it'd be a cool storyline gimmick, Blue might come in, I'm like the crazy, the crazy twin brother. Almost so, like the, almost like the Undertaker twin. There you go, like I'm the crazy twin but brother. But no Leslie Nielsen to discover out who the truth is. Exactly, so I'm just like more like wild twin brother, blah, 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 blah. we form a tag team, this and that, and then finally, Blue, my heel turn on him, Mom always liked you more than me, yeah, yeah, just storyline, right? Yeah. Or you could do it. You could do it I'm a big horror movie guy. Yeah, you could do it much like us. Creepier. You could be. You could be the tethering. There you go. Did you see us? I haven't seen it, but I've heard oh, about it. Same oh. who made Get Out, right? Oh yeah, yeah. same dude. I, I was not a fan of Get Out personally. I just thought the story was. I didn't think I thought. <laughs> I, uh, I was. I was kind of like. I, I kind of was just like. Uh, it's not. It's. It's a little bit too outside of the box for me. Yeah. I appreciate it, but it's too outside. But then I saw us, and let me tell you, Lutz is. I got five on it. Yeah, the tethering mix. If you haven't heard it yet, get a chance. Download it on iTunes okay. or Google. The Tethering Mix, how slow and creepy it is. Like, that song's already great. Yeah. But the Tethering Mix just takes it. They stretch it out. It's like, I got phone. And it just, it's slow and creepy. And you're just like, damn, who would have thought a song about <laughs> weed could be so damn creepy? I don't want to smoke no more. I don't want to smoke. I don't want to smoke at all. But in terms of, you mentioned girlfriends. You mentioned this and that. Yeah. Relationships. Mm-hmm. We've heard it from old wrestlers at the Hall of Fame speeches, how many wives some of them have, how many, oh, yeah. you know, failed relationships. And then they find that one woman when they're close to retirement. Yeah. In terms of relationships, and I don't ever like to get too personal, so yeah, if I'm yeah, crossing yeah. the line, I apologize. Yeah, no worries. Relationships. Sometimes you may not be booked, and the last minute there's cancellations like this, just we really need you to come out and fill the spot. Yeah. And you may have, it may be on your anniversary. Yeah. It may be on, like, you guys have a weekend getaway plan. You may have to cancel something. Relationships can be hard in this business. Absolutely. How do you yourself find the time to kind of balance relationships? Plus, I'm sure you work a full time job. Yep, yep. So you you got your career. Yep. And then you, you mentioned mom and dad. I'm sure you're close with the family, course, really close family bond. So how do you find the time to, to work all that? Uh, well, the girlfriend is amazing. I'm gonna marry her one day. Mark my words. That's another uh, straight talk <laughs> exclusive. I'm just breaking all kinds of barriers today. She actually, um, she like luckily when we first started dating, she. Never really knew what wrestling was, so like, I would be going to the shows kind of by myself. And then 
We're not seeing each other that much on the weekend. So then a lot of the shows are like an hour drives away. They're not too, too far. Right. So when they show us, let me just let me just come for them. Let me, let me just, tag them off. Let me see what this is all about. Right. What's this thing that you love so much that you can't hang out with me on the weekends for? So she came to a show, and ever since then, we've been dating for four years. She's probably been to about I'm gonna say like sixty five percent of the shows, and like willingly, not because she has to. She loves to just come because she sees how happy it makes me, and she just loves to see me. Be happy, and she's she's the one pushing me. She goes, yeah, like boom, go do it, go get signed for me to Florida. Cool, like I can move my job there. Like she's so open to it, like so supportive. Wow. So if, if it were to ever not work out, it would be totally my fault and on me because she's she's in it, and like I I really lucked out like with her. I, I learned that after the knee injury because I was not fun to be around during that time. And walk she, me through that. Walk me through. There. Walk me through, we'll get back on the, the family, the personal job and all stuff in a second, but walk me through, when you, when you have an injury like that, and you're off for that serious amount of rehab, like we're talking about Sydney injury, this is not yeah. breaking a thumb, this is not like basketball players with a contusion, you're out for a week. Yeah. This is this is hard rehab. I'd rather have three fingers chopped off, let's just say. So, just, that can still do stuff. Because <laughs> we, we touched on this with Josh Alexander when he kind of had his career-ending uh, uh, neck injury, yeah. and then he was able to come back. And all the and and God love doctors yeah. because they never know what the hell they're talking about. Seriously. But our our life is in their hands. Yeah. From literally birth to death, our life is in their hands. Yeah. Yeah. So when you go there, and I'm sure you probably you know you had your specialist, you had your knee surgeon. Okay, this is what we have to fix. Yeah. Uh, Doc, will I be able to wrestle? You will, but it'll be restricted. Once we get to the rehab, we'll let you know. I'm sure you got all this. Yeah. And then maybe you want to get a second opinion. Doctor's like, well, you don't need this. I could just do this, and then you'll still be able to pretty much do 90% of what you used to do. Yeah. Okay, great. But then you go to another doctor who's like, I would hang it up. Yeah. I would just hang it up because it's not safe for you, and you're going to end up being in a wheelchair for the rest of your life. Of course. You get that ultra super fucking pessimist. Yeah. Doctors hate wrestlers. <laughs> of course, but, but yet 90% of ninety percent of their paychecks come from wrestlers. Like WWE exactly. doctors, they make a shit ton of money because yeah. they are literally in business forever. They don't have not have a customer. There's going to be injuries, unfortunately. So when you're in that mode and you've gone through, you know, consultation after consultation, second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion, what have you, yeah. and you're rehabbing and you're missing your passion, your loving, and you you probably felt like the air got sucked out of you. Oh yeah. What is your mental state during those times? You you, you already admitted you weren't fun to be around it, but how did you yeah. keep yourself up? Did you just say, nope, I don't give a shit what anybody says. I'm going to get back in it for me. I'm going to defy the odds. I don't care what the percentage is. I'm going to hit that and I'm going to make it back. Yeah. So the darkest point was when the injury actually had happened. Because after the surgery, then you have to like recover and repair. But like after the surgery, I was like, okay, I got myself to make my mind for the surgery because I'm like, I'm going to go back to myself. So I'm going to get this surgery. It's going to get better. But after the surgery, I was just like, okay, it's fixed. I just got to heal it up. Seth Rollins came back in six, nine months. Josh Alexander broke his neck. He came back. He can do it. And I'm just like, no, I'll get past this. But at the time when the injury had happened, and I woke up that next morning, because usually it's like a little stinger, you wake up and then you feel fine, you're okay. But like I woke up and just like literally just fell to the ground and it was just done. And then I went to the walk-in clinic, they gave me a requisition, I went to like the surgeon, met with him, and then when he said, like, yeah, your ACL's torn. Without him even having to give me like an MRI, we still booked one. He's like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's torn, but like I said, an MRI just to make sure so I'm not doing surgery on the wrong thing and then when he told me that oh it was like the first time i cried in like a very long time like i waited till i got to my car and i'm just like wow like canada right takes a month to get an mri 
So I'm adding on the time. I'm mistaking the time. I wasn't upset that I was injured or scared for the surgery. I was pissed because it's taking away time. And I was 27 at the time, like, in my opinion, like, my physical prime. And I was like, it's oh, right now. And this just happened. And I'm just like, I'm not going to be able to get back to the game. So I'm like, almost 30. That's going to be pretty bad. I'm not going to do anything anymore. Why couldn't this have happened when I was maybe 20 years old? It was really quicker. So for me, I was just more like just depressed about the time because you, you, you lost time. Like, I felt like I was here. Then the injury happened, then you're just way back down here, so then you gotta cry way back up into promotions, and then all this crap is running through my mind. Like, after you told me the ACL was torn, I don't know what else he said. It was just Charlie Brown. Oh, wow. Charlie just, yeah. thing. I was just looking down, like, I had my leg just being like, okay, I'm right here, so you're there. And then you're just thinking of missing work, like, my legit job is personal trainer. So then I'm just like, oh, I can't even sit at a desk to like make money because like my job's not like, oh, let's have a sick day, let's have a week off. If I'm not working, I'm not getting paid. So like I have to be like in the gym. Much like wrestlers back in the day. Yep. Yeah. So it literally just put a huge like halt in my life and I was in that in between, like before the surgery, being like, okay, do I go back to wrestling? So this happens again. And I risk blowing both my knees out and I can't like work. Like I was able to go to work with one crutch and still kind of get by and use like, but what if I'm Paralyzed like this, so I'm thinking there's all the negative can happen. Then you're thinking Stone Cold Steve Austin with two knee braces yeah. just walking down a ramp. Pretty thinking, much. I, that doesn't look like fun. And then the girlfriend was just like, "Well, like if 20 years down the line and you didn't try, you're gonna really get upset with yourself. You might as well just go balls out and just try. You can at least say, I, don't know, I like her. She's put a ring on that. <laughs> I, I gotta get on it. Emotion, yeah. Emotional support <laughs> is huge for you guys because yeah, okay, yeah, you're the you're the tough guys. Yeah. The guys that go in, you kick ass, you take names. Yeah. But I always say this, and I firmly believe it. And, um, you know, I have three women in my life who I love to death. I have my three-year-old daughter, my nine-year-old daughter, and my wife. Yeah. 16 years together, 10 years married. Yeah. Going on our, working on our 11. Nice. And uh, she's the one that, she brought, I, she pushes for me. Yeah. She pushes for me. Like, when a year and a half ago, when I decided to start this up with my co-host, she's not here tonight. When I started to start this up, she was just like, well, you already know you have a great radio voice. We know you can talk and hold conversations. We know you're entertaining as shit. What what's stopping you? And I was like, Well, I don't know how to do it. She's like, So yeah, you don't know try. You have a, you have the internet. So why don't you Google how to start a podcast? And I was just like, Well, you have to be so rude about it. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, they gotta but kick us in the ass sometimes. They do, right? and behind every great man is a greater woman. Yeah. And I firmly believe that. And it starts from, you know, birth with mom to maybe a sibling, a sister that may hold you up to, you know, eventually you're finding that woman in your life. So one question I, I never really had a chance to ask Josh because we're so pressed for time. Once you get cleared and the doctor says, okay, you, you can step back in. Yeah. You're, you're ready. You step in the ring that first match back. Oh, well, the doctor actually, so he wasn't saying he would ever wrestle again. He was just really content on being like a year and a half before you go back into a year and a half. My mind was like, okay, a year and a half, <clears throat> nine months. So then at like five months in, like I was like in the ring, like just, Training, rolling, doing everything. I had the big new brace on. Mm -hmm. Just doing everything. I didn't do the splash until like a year after being back. Because I went to my nine-month checkup. And I was like, yeah, knee feels great. I'm going to go back to wrestling. He's like, I just want to wait those nine extra months. I just don't want to. And he did the test. He goes, yeah, it's strong. But like, I just want to do it now. But like, I knew how I was feeling. And like, you know was, your own body. Yes. At the end of the day, he's not you. He's not living yeah. you. You know you. Like, I did triple the amount of physio than what the average person should have been doing. Like, that's way out of my schedule. And I was smart about it. I didn't, my first match back, I didn't do this flash until, like, 30 matches in. I was like, nope, I'm not 
doing this box until I'm clear to not wrestle with the knee brace on. Let's do this smart. So I didn't do the big knee impacting moves. I still wrestled smart, which is another fun thing. It's like I learned how to just work better in the ring without having to quote quote kill myself because I didn't want to just kill the knee to set those for those first Were you timid back, though? Oh yeah. Were you like getting back in the ring? Like, in the back of my head. First promotion back, you're sitting there, okay, okay, Justin, cool. Hey, I'm the promoter, this is who you're fighting. Yeah, look at the guy and say, listen, dude, I just got back from knee surgery. My doctor doesn't even want me here right now. We, yeah. This is where we have to go. Yeah, the guy, some of the guys were nervous to work with. I'm like, no, like, I'm here. I don't feel bad or anything. All if anything happens, like, let's just go. And then the first match back, it was awesome. I, I wrestled on BNB at Alpha 1, the Big Apple, Auburn. And then this, the next day, actually, I'm like, oh, first week back, and I have two back-to-back matches. Well, if I can't do back-to-back matches, then probably shouldn't be wrestling. And then I wrestled. Nick Watts, I believe, and the whole stick of the match was he was going to work the leg the whole match kind of thing. And I was like, oh, this is it. Let's see how this thing goes up. So he worked the leg the whole match. Everything was good. He had a great match, told the story. It was awesome. And then my mom actually came to that show because the show was in Burlington. Oh, she marked out. Did she, she mark out? She was wrestling. The story shows, just like the second show she's probably been to. She came to the very first one when I was like probably 16. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. You're going to carry yourself. I can't watch you carry yourself. Sorry. And then she came to this one because she knew how much it actually like meant to me. And then, like, I had a little moment. Like, it was, like, a tears of joy moment, like, in the back afterwards. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I did it. Like, you can do this. Like, let's go. But, like, I probably went out, and she was even kind of pushing for me to go back into it, too. Because, like, Christmas and all the holidays, like, I missed some of them because of you wrestling. I'd be away. But I was there for all of them that one year when I was injured. And I was just grumpy, miserable. It's just, like, just not fun to do. And she was just like, yeah, you need to, you need to get back to wrestling. Even if you don't want to get... Big, 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 you need to just do it on the side or whatever to go into it. And I was like, nope, I'm going to go back into it. I'm going to go as far as I possibly can with it. And then I don't make it. In the next five, ten years, and at least I know these last five, ten years were still awesome because I'm not like I'm not wrestling. Like, I don't have to be in the big, fancy lights, the big rings to still live up my dream. I'm living my dream every weekend, every day when I'm in that ring, just doing my thing, you know? So I'm just happy to just be there and do it. Right on. That's a great. I think that's a great mentality to have, and I think I think you you handle everything so well. But let's just. I want to touch on one more moment. Yeah. Thirty yeah. matches in. Yeah. You finally did the splash. Is that destiny? Was that, it? That was it. Was it? It was the pay per view against the Desi Hill squad. That's when I did to the knee brace. I'm like, okay, this is it. I was like, fuck the knee brace. And is that why the reaction after the win was such a like a, a huge one? Not so much. I thought you were selling the reaction for the win, but I think it might have been a little bit deeper. No, because I, I think we ended up losing. We, we lost that one. No, sorry, you we, lost we, that we one. Lost it. But I still just remember you having a smile like, on your face. I was like, yeah, I did it. Like, I'm just, I was like, kind of grinning because I'm just like, wow, like, my knee's not exploded. So I'm like, oh, if my knee's going to blow out, I'm going to do it on that pay per view. <laughs> so then the knee brace was off. I misses Josh because he had um, some good um, like compressors underneath for his like, knees. And I was just thinking, like, yo, get these shock doctors. They're awesome. Put them on and went to do some training with them. And I'm like, yo, at least have just as much support as a huge thing. I think I wrestled like one match with them. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then Destiny happened, like really like close call. I'm like, oh, like we're doing this. And I'm like, okay, sweet. And I was like, I have to do the splash. Because a lot of guys thought I wasn't going to do it anymore. Guys were like, yeah, just you can't do that splash anymore, bro. You can't do it. And I'm just like, fuck you. I'm gonna do the splash. I can do, I can yeah. do what I want to yeah, do. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm like, I'm not doing it now because I'm still letting it heal. I'm being smart about it. I'm like, I don't want this one splash to be my last splash. I'm going to wait till I can get that strength back from me. So, Timing was perfect. It was literally a year after surgery, and then that destiny show happened. Then I hit it, and been hitting it fine ever since. Until then, like not going to win, but 
That was that was like the turning point for me. I'm just like I have to hit this one move. Like I gotta come back as just insane. I gotta do what I do. I believe you did it. So, and I and since then, I think it's been quite the quite the streak. And I, I don't think uh, yeah, a year's a long time, especially in the NBC. A year can make or break you. Okay. Even in even in the pros, yeah. a year they can forget about you. Oh, the next guy, because you got to remember, there's always somebody right behind you waiting to take yeah. that spot. There's tons of people. Like, it, the show must go on, right? But that was my biggest fear of being forgotten about. So I just kept posting old throwback clips of my old matches, like with Cabo Kong, Carter Mason, Ronald Knight, just like on Instagram, YouTube, just to kind of remind people, like, hey, the train's just in the shop right now, but the engine's still rolling. Just, yeah. Just getting the, get the tracks fixed up, but don't forget about the night train. But in the meantime, I had a lot of fun together, a bunch of new gear made, like just some funky stuff. But I was bored. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You gotta find your time. For sure. I was very bored. When you when you look at because I look at the indie scene, everybody's so tight knit, everybody knows everybody else. Everybody's either worked with somebody or they know somebody that's worked with that person. And a lot of times you have a thousand coaches. Yeah. If you really think about it, you have guys that you're tight with, like you got you mentioned Lionel a few times, you mentioned Josh. At Carter, I'm assuming these are these are that kind of inner circle. They're all, they're all good people. Yeah, all good and, and people you, you look guys. at people. Do you ever when you walk back to the ring, guy walk up to be like, "Hey, that was a good match," but that one spot, you could have done this. Do you still find yourself learning, taking the criticisms well, Absolutely. or do you find yourself to the point where it's like, "I appreciate it, but I think I got it." Never. I actually I was talking to guys the other day. I like a lot of people don't like to get negative criticism. I find sometimes, like sometimes I even tell some of the young guys, like, hey, this could be different. And most of them will like take it very well. And of course, because you're a 13 year vet. They're a five minute rookie. You got to, <laughs> you have to take, you have to learn from the vets. We've heard that in all the Hall of Fame speeches. Yeah. You've got to learn from the guys who have done it longer than you. Yeah. Some kind of just shrug it off. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, no big deal. I'm not going to waste my time. But I know I love them. They'll come and tell me what I need to work on. So I want to work on what I'm not great at. So if I already know like what I'm good at, that's awesome. That's not going to change. It's like, like, you can't change that. So let me work on what I need to work on, which is another short-term goal is I'd love to get a WWE trial. Go to the trial, see what's up. I'll probably ship the bed, but then I know exactly what I need to do for the next trial to just not go to the next trial. So you're only as strong as your weakest link. So I need to always consider criticism. So some of the guys in the match and say, hey, the older guys that need to sign their match, like, I go right over. Like, I'll sit there and listen. Like, anyone can listen, like, listen and learn in this one. This is always... Room for improvement. Like, no one is perfect. A cup of coffee and a conversation always can really learning. broaden your mind. Yeah, it's always learning. You're always adapting. Like, the business is always changing. Like, the business is changing every five years. It's completely different now. Like, Thank God have... we're past the PG era, though, right? Thank God it's over. <laughs> Thank God it's getting a little yes. bit more, a little bit more tough again. Yeah, I never thought I'd ever say this, especially on the podcast, but the I, I marked out huge when. John Cena came out of Mania. Just because he I'm was Spugonomics? old school. Oh, yeah, Cena. give it to me. Give like, it to me for sure. I'm not a huge Cena fan since he turned into like the, the yeah, the, the Marine, pro America, the new Hulk Hogan, exactly. if you will. But heel Cena, like, dope. I'm like, yo, if you just come back and just do this every Monday Night Raw, just come out, throw a freestyle rap on someone at five. Well, you know what? Just, them, that's just be the new Undertaker. Come out once a year at WrestleMania, give me a freestyle Thugonomics, whoop somebody's ass, and, and I'm good. It worked. Like it I worked. Was, I was it was like, so good. Yes. And that's the <laughs> loudest pop I've seen for Cena in a very long oh, yeah. time. It actually worked. <clears throat> okay. Last question, and then we always play one little fun game. It's not hard. It's word association. We'll get to that in a minute. Cool. cool. But if there's a young, a young whippersnapper who's got dreams and aspirations of wrestling, 
Yeah. And he's sitting down, he's listening to my show, which I hope he is, or she is. Yeah. And if you could give one piece of advice to any young, uh, any up and comer who's looking to get into this business, what's Justin Sane's advice? The first thing is uh, you have one body. You have to take care of your body. Like once that breaks down on you, like that's it. Take care of your body, get to the gym, train hard, gain mobility, flexibility, eat right. Once that's all taken care of, you can get in the ring. The stronger you are, you're gonna be able to protect your opponent, protect yourself. Again, probably the reason why I started working out was because when I hurt my neck, I was like, if I have a huge Brock Lesnar neck, I can get spiked in my head and not be in this much pain kind of thing. But you still probably be smarter than that idiot. Absolutely. 100%. But it I'm, looks like a walking potato. Yeah. Just take just take care of your body. Take care of yourself. Listen to all the guys. Just sit there and just be a sponge. Soak it in. Just listen. The ears and eyes. Listen. Don't be scared to try new things. Obviously, run it over at practice first. And just find out what's best for you. If you can do like a fantastic drop kick, like just way up there, boom, let people know like that's your thing. If you do a clothesline and it's crappy as hell, you just can't get it, don't do it. They don't need to see you do a crappy clothesline. You don't need to do a clothesline. Just don't do it. Like, take moves that you do very, very, very well. And accentuate. Put them properly like, in proper context of the match. And I'm not going to say hide the stuff you don't do well, but if you can't do a clothesline, then probably just don't do it. Go to practice, keep training, you should do a clothesline. But, like, you know, just you don't need to do everything. Like, less is more in this business, believe it or not. Like, there's a time and a place where you go balls out, give them everything. But, like, you don't have to kill yourself, especially if you're young, up and coming. You want to do this for five years or do you want to do this for 40 years? You gotta take care of the body. That's like my first thing of advice for getting into this business. You got right. one, that's it. Until science gets great and you can make robotic legs and arms. And when I'm that grumpy old guy, I'd be like, I'd give myself, I'd probably give myself a six pack. I haven't had one since I was like 12. That'd be amazing. <laughs> there you go. All right, well, just to say thank you so much for coming to the show. And now it's my favorite part of the interview. This was entertaining as hell, by the way. If right. you ever want to come back and do it again, Straight Talk Studios is always open to you. Sounds good. Sounds All good. right, word association. It's very simple. I'm going to throw out a wrestler. It could be an indie wrestler. It could be an ROH New Japan wrestler. You give me the first word that pops in your head. Don't think. Just give me the word. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. All right. We'll go easy. We'll go easy at first. <laughs> Ric Flair. Woo. Undertaker. Dead man. Kofi Kingston. The WWE champion. Breaking down the walls. Big moment. Didn't expect that. Uh, I, I did. I marked <laughs> out there too. Um, Shelton G. Great guy. I believe he debuted on Impact. I believe against the Monster Mafia. That was awesome to see. Yeah. My boy. Josh Alexander. Best in Canada. One of the best in the world. And I hope he gets the eyes he deserves. He's going to change the game. No doubt about that. Sabu. Crazy, crazy, crazy. He's still going. He's actually wrestling Channing Decker. Yeah, I saw that. It's Greek Town show. Super jealous. But um, I'm going to be going there. I have to just go. Go check it out. Yeah, I'm probably gonna be heading down too, <laughs> so I'll most likely see you there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last one, your idol, Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy, man, I can't believe he's doing it for as long as he's doing, and he still entertains me. I'm glad he's good, obviously, like mentally, physically, but it, yeah, dark, belt, dark patches the there again. for sure. Yeah, and they won the belts, they won the belts again. Like they're they're killing it by far. Still, like one of the most entertaining, exciting tag teams. I want to say this is the tenth round. Is it not now? Um, I have to check it out, but I've noticed they're wearing like an old school Hardy gear. Yeah. Hardy didn't have his face, and Jeff didn't have his face painted. He just had like the old school yeah, silk and, shirt on. And Matt like, didn't have the, he wasn't coming out going, ah, Wanda. Yeah, I was so. kind of confused. So I thought Matt kind of hung it up. 
Like his he back. did, but then you look at him now, he's shredded again, man. Like, he looks ring red. just needed a rest. Sometimes you just need a break, you know? And sometimes, especially when you have kids and stuff, I think the family life weighs on you. And when you're, when you're, when you're working the lighter schedule he was, yeah. to now going back to the WWE oh, grind, for sure. For sure. that's got to be the hardest part. And I guess the final one, because I'm a big fan of this guy. This is my favorite, Triple H. Triple H? He's the game. He's awesome. Like, see, you got a little pop figure right there. I do. Triple H. Uh, I, I love Lodge Blitz match, matches with Nick Foley. Nick Foley, Man Guy, Jack. Oh, they oh. had awesome chemistry. That held themselves. They managed to have like the crazy, hardcore, crazy stuff, but like they still made it work. It's like a great like storytelling match. Straight on the mic, he, he, he's believable. Even his promo with Batista like, before the Mania. Like, but I got to give Batista awesome. credit. Batista probably had promo of the year. Shows a video clip. Triple H, kiss my ass. Yeah. I, I, I'm not a Batista guy, <laughs> but I'm like. Yeah, you, you definitely put some stank on it there for sure. So less is more. Yeah, absolutely. Less is more. Literally, a video package <laughs> in one sentence. That 100% is less than what Triple H gave. I really remember rewinding being like, wait, did I miss something? Did <laughs> I, I miss like, something? Oh, no, that was it. Okay. No, that was the whole promo. I watched the clip and I was like, is there anything more? I'm like, oh, no, that's okay. That's that's the whole thing. Sure, Triple sweet. H kissed my ass. Short, sweet, simple. <laughs> I think you posted on his Instagram, go to work, tell Triple H to kiss your ass, leave. Hollywood. <laughs> Done. Next flight. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 coming soon. Justin Sane, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming. Like I said, the door's always open. Thanks we should me. do it again in a year, see where you are at that point. Totally That'd be wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank and you. as always, guys, don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode. I am, of course, your host. You all know my new favorite person, Justin Sane. Peace out, guys, and we will see you again next week. Peace. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Catch us every Wednesday at 7.30 on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Also, be sure to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. Wrestling!